0: Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about the weird political beliefs of superheroes that's a beer. Old man Cap seemed like a sweet way to end Avengers Endgame, but uh, don't get that guy started about the deep state. <laughs> <laughs> we're Just kidding, dick pics have no party affiliation. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm Eric Voss, here with me today is our senior Shire correspondent, Joven. Hello, hey, I've
1: got all the news here from the Shire ready to go. We're talking about
0: politics, red and blue, and red, white and blue, and gold and blue, and we're ready. Whatever color you most politically identify with, we got you covered, because it is election day here in the United States of America. Though it may end up being election week, depending on how fast Florida can count its votes. See, my home state loves to haunt me. It's like you thought you escaped this Hollywood, but we're gonna curse you with a political crisis for four years, House style. That's what I wake up to every morning. (laughs) Well, if you're watching this, however you're watching this, if you have not voted yet and you're registered to vote, or if you could do same day registration in your state, and if it's still Tuesday, election day, what are you doing mask up get in line right now you can watch our videos from your phone however long it takes we got plenty and plenty of hours for you to wait and cast your ballot just get in line even if it's uh, an hour away from polls closing if you're in line when polls close they have to let you vote so please 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 vote but to take your mind off the current political battle let us turn to the marvel world and how it tried to reflect political trends and to anyone right now rage typing stay in your lane you nerds like it or not comics have always been political. Captain America was conceived as an anti-Nazi propaganda comic to push back against Nazism that was in America in the 1930s. And then, yeah, Stan Lee conceived the X-Men as a parable for the Civil Rights Movement in the 60s. Events like Civil War and secret invasion in recent years have leaned heavily into the political debate over gun control and tribalistic conspiracy theories. How dare you sneak politics into all of my favorite story arcs over the last 70 years? (laughs) They've always been this way. But uh, what is our big question this week, Joven? Our big question. This week looks
1: at the civil war that took place in the MCU and the comics a little Captain America versus Iron Man with those two as strong You know political characters in their
0: own right if they were both to run for president Who would win? Interesting question. Very timely. Well, we first posed this question. We conducted three polls, trying to be super uh, news desky right now. (laughs) 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 Well, breaking news, our uh, poll with an enormous margin of error here, because we're not political scientists. (laughs) We just pretend to be on YouTube. We're not doctors. We gotta get out of this place immediately. We first posted this to our friends on Discord. We got 30 votes by the time we started shooting this. With 30 votes in our star, our star poll, you would say. Tony Stark, 27% Captain America. 73%. 73%. Interesting. Uh, so pretty pro cap. Pretty pro cap out there. Those numbers do change with the other two polls we conducted. So as we start to break this down, we got to talk about the political world of the MCU because there are some major differences between that reality and ours. Just just a few. Just a few differences these days. Just to give us some range here, we're going to set this debate in the relatively stable period between 2016 and 2018 in the MCU timeline. This is right after Civil War, but before Infinity War when everything went to hell and it's impossible to gain what-ifs in that scenario. And
1: because it is post-Civil War, are we taking into consideration that Cap is convicted war criminal of sorts
0: yes we are that is going to factor into it yet it is cap we're talking about and that stuff doesn't seem to stick he's like teflon (laughs) but we should remind ourselves this is also a world that has seen multiple extraterrestrial invasions sokovia was almost thrown at us by ultron that was tony stark's creation the avengers have broken up Uh, as you mentioned cap is a fugitive but a lot of normal folks uh, like a midtown high and new york seem to still support the guy so in this world the U.S. government, you could argue, is far less relevant. There is a president, Matthew Ellis, who was president at least through 2016. Thaddeus Ross is the Secretary of State. He kind of represents the government in the movies from there forward. All right, uh, Joven, let's start with uh, the case for Tony Stark. We're going to make the theory of the case for each of these people. 538 is one of my favorite podcasts, so I'm cosplaying right now as Galen Droop, and I hope I can live up to his standard. Okay, so Stanley initially conceived Tony Stark in the comics as a warmongery Republican in the Vietnam era. Howard Hughes inspired eccentricities, mainly because Stanley wanted to start with someone pretty unlikable, but then over the years finds his heart.
1: Which is really interesting because back then it was the Howard Hughes comparison, and now it's more like
0: the Elon Musk comparison.
1: Or is Elon Musk trying to be more like Tony Stark? Uh...
0: At this point. Elon Musk is in the MCU, so it's really art reflecting life, reflecting art. Now, in the MCU, the movies, Tony Stark kind of, I would say, begins his journey as a right-leaning libertarian, I think would be a better word for it. He's a defense contractor who believes in limited government oversight. Remember, Iron Man 2 opens with him defying a Senate hearing. He jokes about being Secretary of Defense, and he says this term, privatizing world peace, which is what many on the right want. They want all government functions to be taken into the profit-driven Private sector,
1: and do you feel like over the course of the MCU, especially after the Accords, do you think Iron Man leans any more in one direction?
0: Would you say? Yeah, he definitely shifts as uh, as these movies progress, and I think that even before we get to the Sokovia Accords, there's like a little wink of this in Iron Man 2 If you look at his phone, there is an app labeled Illuminati, a reference to Marvel's <laughs> Illuminati. It's kind of a superhero UN Security Council, but I think this tells us that Tony Stark secretly leans toward bigger government, and his public joking it's just a front yeah, as you mentioned, he, he starts to lean more towards the left throughout the MCU. He produces uh, arc reactor tech that runs New York on clean, renewable energy. Uh, with that, good luck winning those frackers in western Pennsylvania. They don't want that arc reactor tech. They need their jobs. Also, he helps Nick Fury develop Project Insight and the repulsor-powered helicarriers and Winter Soldier. We'll talk more about that later because it's a big part of Cap's ideology. But then in Civil War, yeah, he supports the Sokovia Accords, which we have to interpret as the equivalent of common-sense firearm regulation right we just want simple oversight to make sure there's no collateral damage and that just there's some responsibility Mm -hmm. in uh, these this life-saving if i misplaced a couple of 30 megaton nukes you can bet there'd be consequences. But I do feel like there would be a town hall question from a guy who looks suspiciously like Steve Rogers asking, um, uh, ain't the Avengers a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state? I got a right to bear arms. Well, you know, one of those. He's just wearing one of the, like, the, uh, the Marx Brothers masks. It's like, you look like, <laughs> nope. The Avengers were formed to make the world a safer place. Yep, 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 that's a different guy. Different guy, that guy's fugitive. I don't know where he is. Have you won wigs? Now, Robert Downey Jr. Stark, as you mentioned, was based partly on Elon Musk, who, you know, yeah, another aerospace tech billionaire. And for what it's worth, Elon Musk endorsed Andrew Yang in the 2020 Democratic primary.
1: Yang Yang. He did, but then he also went very, especially during the pandemic, being more lenient towards uh, corporations. <laughs> Oops, I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. Being open to like open industries and open business keep the economy going which is a little bit more red versus blue on that one
0: right so it's kind of a mixed bag for sure I think at the end of the day a vote for Tony Stark as a hypothetical president would be one that prioritizes technology and education because he does kind of have a Kennedy liberal worldview that prides American engineering big flashy goals while also still talking tough on defense Mm -hmm. because Kennedy was a hawk you know if you look at what happened in the Cuban Missile Crisis what a lot of people thought he was going to do in Vietnam had he lived. But at the end of the day, he is more liberal on social issues, things like race, immigration. He had that Stark scholarship to the MIT students. I could imagine Tony Stark as president expanding that to things like universal college tuition. And he was an addict who struggled with mental health issues among among many things. You could definitely see him getting behind things like universal health care. But he is, as you kind of compared him to Elon Musk, he is a guy who trusts big business automation to run the world for us.
1: When we look at like his international policies, what is his relationship? with Black Panther in the MCU as of like Civil War. Black
0: Panther was on Team Iron Man and I think, but that was more out of they had a mutual enemy. I don't know yeah. if uh, Black Panther would have otherwise. And I think in the Civil War event in the comics, Black Panther isn't necessarily on Tony Stark's mm-hmm. side. He's more and more independent. If
1: he's just on his side because he's trying to stop Bucky and we make this around like a, a 2018 or even like if it's a 2020 election, his relationship with Wakanda might not be as strong as let's say Steve Rogers.
0: Right, exactly. And then if we look at like how Tony Stark would handle things as a domestic political populist, he does not strike me as a guy who would have patience for the needs of blue collar workers in the Rust Belt, right? And that seems to be like a big thing that determines in our electoral Mm -hmm. college system uh, whether or not you're able to win the nomination and win the electoral college. I think he would dig things like, you know, during the Obama era, they had those adult education initiatives for people who were out of work and those initiatives didn't really work because a lot of people who live in the Rust Belt are like, no, I just want my job back. Yeah. And they, they'd they rather vote on the promise of getting their job back rather than the promise of learning a new trade and learning a new skill. It's it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks.
1: If Tony Stark were to run for president, and even if he became president and did what a president is supposed to do where he drops his industry, that would mean Pepper Potts would start running it correctly unless she was brought right. on to some kind of board.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, Tony Stark has already been willing to uh, detach himself from his own company. And uh, as we see with our current president right now, you can do like a pseudo detachment while still kind of personally profiting off your industry and kind of get away with it because I don't think most average Americans care about emoluments and and conflicts of interest and things like that, unfortunately. And your hotels and all your businesses all around the country. What's going on here? Why don't release your tax return or stop talking about corruption? Boring!
1: And it might not be necessarily a, a comment on his particular stance, but if he did try to make a movement to make, you know, the country more automated and have more, you know, tech running particular jobs, uh, a lot of red states would be like, no, 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 don't take my job and replace be replaced by a robot. That's already an issue now. But like, I think that would really get hit into uh, high gear with him as president. And then on yeah. top of that, who is he going to, what company is he going to go to to actually create this? Well, he's probably going to go to Stark Industries and that's going to be... You know, some red flags there. What's going
0: on here? Yeah, because he's not going to give government contracts to Hammer or Roxxon and yeah. any of these other things. Because, you know, he knows all the, the dirty secrets they have and he probably doesn't trust them. Boring. But I, I do see him as being an innovator in and of himself to come up with some kind of Green New Deal, uh, clean energy plant for everybody to work on he and would be happy with their jobs. It. He'd understand
1: yeah. the necessity for military, but still put a lot of budget in making the world a place that we can actually survive.
0: And uh, along those lines, think about him under COVID. So I could imagine Stark just going all in on COVID research, like he would <laughs> test us, contact trace us unknowingly through our cell phones. They're
1: gonna scan everybody. We gotta get scanned. We gotta get temperatured. Are
0: you it's like he'd have drones lower pe- plexiglass domes over all the partying college Everyone kids. Everyone gets an Iron Man mask
1: to when they go in public. <laughs> yeah.
0: He would work day and night alone in his basement, testing a vaccine on himself, scaring the shit out of everyone. would be like, where is President <laughs> Stark? But then he would eventually come with a vaccine himself all by himself, and then disperse it via an aerosol mist bomb. You're that right. scared the hell out of everyone, but we all got a vaccine. <laughs> it's like, we all
1: have 5G cancer now! Oh no! But I'm not coughing,
0: so that's nice. <laughs> He's like, it'd be worth it, just trust me, idiots. But I would say, comparing him to our political figures, I could see Tony Stark, in 2020 at least, being kind of an Andrew Yang figure. Someone who's flashy in early debates. He loves math. He's going to give everyone $2,000 a month. Right. He comes up with these great, cool ideas. We're like, wait, can we actually do that? Can we vote for this guy? But I think he would—he might scare too many people with his big ideas and maybe drop out after losing the New Hampshire primary to someone like Adrian Toomes. <laughs>
1: Tombs would would uh, would take that that one there.
0: Yeah, blue collar hero. I mean, hey, that those are the kind of people who win, yeah. right? Like he's like, yeah, I, I took a train to work every day. That's that's the guy who's gonna win the Democratic. It's debates. funny because like
1: I heard that and I went immediately to like old man vulture that we're used to in, in some comic <laughs> forms. It's Like well, do you win? yeah, <laughs> yeah why?
0: Yeah, he's old. Okay, he's just old. Before we move on to our case for Steve Rogers, we want to talk about our next poll. We got a poll update. We got a. So we also surveyed our followers on Twitter and. By by the time we uh, we started shooting, we got about twenty three hundred. We got two thousand two hundred and ninety seven votes in that poll. Tony Stark, uh, people wanted him to be president at thirty eight point nine percent, whereas sixty one point one percent for Cap. So
1: he's growing, but still people uh, want to trust Captain America. Which I can't wait yeah. to
0: start to drop some bombs on that uh, particular idea. As well. Yes, yes, uh, and let's do that as we move on to the case. For Captain America, Steve Rogers, someone who seems like a better candidate for president because America is in his name. But is he really? Well, let's look back at his origin. Steve Rogers, you could probably describe as a New Deal Democrat. He grew up in Brooklyn throughout the 30s, and during the Great Depression, uh, a lot of people were New Deal Democrats. Uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt was uh, reelected so many times, and his ideals were kind of universally popular. Yeah, I I could imagine Steve Rogers being a fan of that. because there was a conservative movement uh, that was kind of isolationist and anti-war. And there were characters like Charles Lindbergh who were American heroes who weren't necessarily initially in favor of getting involved in the European uh, crisis with uh, Hitler's expansion. But I think a kid like Steve Rogers was way too hawkish to support that kind of cause. Even Charles Lindbergh himself changed his tune after Pearl Harbor happened.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at the political map of 1940 and it is... A lot of blue, but we can't also make that same comparison to what we have now because Definitely a, a Democratic yeah. then is a little bit more, you know, centrist, even what uh, maybe a little right wing would be today.
0: It's a, a very different time. And that's what makes it complicated with Steve Rogers, because he was a man removed from his time, skipped over a lot of American history that changed electoral politics in this country, and plopped back in the present. That's what makes him a fascinating yeah. character. Which would be really
1: interesting because he might run as a Democrat, but then his Views would be a little bit more right-ish, kind yeah. of like a Biden, but Biden, I feel like, in comparison to a Democrat, is more centrist than,
0: than uh, right-wing. Right. I mean, you could make uh, the argument that Steve Rogers, circa Captain America Winter Soldier, is more of a libertarian, a strict constitutionalist, mm-hmm. we have to say. Yeah. Because you got to think the movie Captain America Winter Soldier was shaped by anxieties over the surveillance state during the Obama era. It was when, like, we all just kind of assumed, you know, Obama was in power. So you started to have people to the left and to the right of Obama start to criticize some of the ways, uh, say, the NSA used surveillance technology, the way drones were kind of used. Or really, is not kind of used. There was a lot of drones killings that happen.
1: This just hit my brain, but if you look at our 2020 election and you put together what we're describing here, you have a billionaire who's running for president who probably doesn't have the experience that he should have to become president. And then, you know, you can look at Captain America. Honestly, look at him in his old age makeup. Just go to slap some sunglasses on that guy and tell me it's not Biden. <laughs> That's,
0: that is Biden. That's Grandpa Joe. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. It's like, uh, are
1: you gonna tell us our, uh, the plan that you have for filling up the Senate?
0: No, no, I don't think I will. I'll I'll tell you before, I'll tell you before the elect. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know me, you know my character. (laughs) I like feeding ducks here by the river. I've been here the whole time. But ideologically, we do have to identify that Steve Rogers does trust individuals over government agencies, a trend that we see continuing in Civil War when he opposes the Sokovia Accords. He says the words, the safest hands are still our own, which you could argue is essentially the argument for guns rights activists who oppose any kind of national gun registry, arguing it's a slippery slope, that we shouldn't overregulate responsible gun owners just for a couple bad eggs.
1: Even before that, let's look at Winter Soldier, when he gets to take a look at all the the ships that that they're working on. It's like, yeah. We'll have an eye in the sky across the world. It's like, but should we? Yeah. So, like he's yeah. constantly fighting for you know the the individual right.
0: Absolutely. And I will say that once we got halfway through Civil War, the screenwriters I think cleverly avoided going too much in the political debate. They ended up making it a personal fight over Bucky killing Tony's parents, mm-hmm. which I think made it more personal. It's it's a more interesting story rather than like political ideals. Yeah. It culminates in a, a courtroom debate. Master Sergeant James Warren Finzel. There will be We also have to concede that Steve Rogers is super anti-fascist, right? There's that moment when Loki rants to Germans about dominance and Cap evokes his time fighting Nazis. The last time I was in Germany and saw a man standing above everybody else, we ended up disagreeing. And I suspect that if Steve Rogers were to look around right now in America and see fascism and white supremacy rising back up, he would shut that shit down with a strongly worded PSA at the very least. (laughs) Like, what are you going to do, Cap?
1: I'm going to do a PSA.
0: Those always work. <laughs> so you're a member of the Proud Boys, huh? <laughs> well, Sometimes you march in the street, you don't know what the cause is, and then you go right into the wrong bar. And then Gavin McGinnis has your email address. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just think you were comparing him to Biden, and I think more than anything, Steve Rogers is a man of character. You know, he's always seeking a peaceful alternative. He's mm-hmm. polite. He avoids swearing. And he always uh, puts himself before others.
1: I think if we're going to look at some stances and and who's going to be able to reach onto the other side of the aisle. I think that there is a lot. Let's say he is the Democratic run here. Would he be? Yeah, 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 I think so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I do see him as like an anti-Trump figure, Mm -hmm. but not just because of Chris Evans' own personal politics. I think the type of character that Steve Rogers is, he is someone who is directly linked to that World War II golden age, American values, and I think we've lost a lot of that in this country right now. Right now, the modern GOP is all about unapologetic bullying. It's celebrated. It's kind of like we have lost our character, which is so weird
1: and if you don't fight back you're not sitting here very long you go back home you go back home to mommy and and if you have Steve Rogers there running in the blue and I think he would be able to reach over to the red a lot in his stance on religion we saw him with the line where where he mentions that there's only one god and that ain't him so he's got the religion side he's got like these 1940s views you know yeah the good ones That I yeah. think a, a, a lot of like an older generation always wants things to be like the good old days. Right. And I think that would be a big part of his his running strategy.
0: It's kind of tough to pin him down, which is a good thing about yeah. his character, but I could see him as equal parts like the moderate side of Joe Biden and the liberal side of someone like John McCain. John McCain, who hated Donald Trump and loved being a rogue who who <laughs> on Donald Trump's side, just because I think that's kind of what the New Deal Democrat roots were all about, right? There was um, social values, trying to be progressive, when it comes to things like government assistance but still being hawkish on uh, fighting the good fight. But I do think you know, kind of like it's the case with Joe Biden, whatever reasons you like him or don't like him, I think there's a lot of people on the far far left of this country who find someone like Joe Biden too boring. I think those people would find Captain America a bit too boring. Yeah,
1: yeah, a little too goody-goody two-shoes for me.
0: And uh, not only his physical appearance is similar to Joe Biden, he is a guy who like seeks to comfort the afflicted and he did grow up with a physical condition that he was mocked for as a kid, and the same way that uh, Steve Rogers was, was real scrawny and thin. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden had a stutter grow up, which is a big part of his, uh, what people find uh, that they can connect to him on overcome. But uh, I would say, let's try to play this out. Steve Rogers as president, I kind of see him governing as someone like Rand Paul. You know, he pisses off other Republicans, but he would also want to cut government spending for the military, but I can imagine someone like Steve Rogers replacing military spending with things like compulsory military service, as it is in countries like Israel and South Korea, he'd be like everyone has to serve as we all kind of did during World War II. Yeah.
1: All the money would actually just go to USO and becoming uh, a stronger USO right. president.
0: I think he would resist gun control. I, I don't. I don't know
1: how he would decide on that. But like because you know it is in the Constitution the right to bear arms. Right. He, I think, again would would have those strong you know, constitution uh, ideologies where it's like, no, that's what right. it says in the constitution. Why are we trying to fight this? This is what right. America's based off of.
0: I think once he saw the government turn on him in a uh, winter soldier, I, I don't know if he'd ever say like uh, support a government seizure of guns or even like mm-hmm. the government keeping lists of people. I think he'd be too freaked out by it, but he is also a guy who I could imagine him making fitness tests required the way uh, like Michelle Obama would want to. I could see him wanting to tax junk food the way mm-hmm. a lot of liberal city mayors have just because I think he's like, everyone should be fit and in shape just in case something comes up. Putting him through the lens of COVID, the number one issue facing American voters right now, I think Steve Rogers would do the responsible thing. I think he would shut everything down. I think he would require masks. human life Uh, is too important. Right, uh, he'd be in. He'd be the first in line for a vaccine, and I think he would spin all of it as a kind of patriotic sacrifice. Again, I think he would make these PSAs that they would show yeah. in schools, very nineteen forties. Like, do your part. Do your part. I'm doing my part. But I think, as a political candidate, I think he would be similar to someone like John McCain in two thousand eight. You remember there was that moment where John McCain pushed back uh, against some racist supporters at his rallies. Yes, and he would. He still lost, but he did it with dignity. Yeah. And later on, as uh, the American political political tides changed, I think the way John McCain was later heralded as an emblem of virtue that too many Americans Mm have forgotten, I think that would be the same for Steve Rogers. Uh, Remember, if we could only have the character of Steve Rogers now that we have President J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) If we can get a picture of Julia Roberts in a thong, we can certainly get a picture of this weirdo. I think, though, if we're looking at
1: a, a COVID comparison, it'll come up. People were going to talk about it. Steve Rogers, if you believe that masks really help in this COVID crisis, why doesn't your mask have anything covering the bottom of uh, your face? Whereas uh, Tony Stark. Yeah full coverage.
0: That's Tony Stark at the town hall event with a mustache. (laughs) It's like, that's just your Tony Stark mustache. He's like, oh, damn it. (laughs) So our uh, third poll, we got a third poll coming in. So this is our third poll with our largest voting margin on this. We put this publicly on our channel and got 20,000 votes by the time, Uh, there may be more votes now, but by the time we checked in on it to record this, who do you want to be president of this country? For Tony Stark, 36% for Captain America. 64% rounding up and down a little bit. Averaging all three of our polls together, that brings our final poll. Average to Tony Stark, 36.2%. Steve Rogers, Captain America, doing a bit of rounding here, 63.7%. So most people believe Captain America by a huge margin. By a huge margin. But I
1: wonder, like, how much of that is because of, like, just, you know, the name alone, or is it because the, the, the principles? As we've really dived into this conversation, I think that it does make sense that Captain America's views, his history, I think would actually capture, like I said, more of, like, both parties. Me, personally, to kind of throw it out there... I don't normally lean right. And if it was Tony Stark that was running as the Republican president, I probably would go in that direction because one of the things that I find the most important just as a human being is what is moving us forward? What is teaching us new lessons? Yes, robots will take over a lot of jobs. I also think there will be other funding for other things to do. Um, And that's kind of like America that I would like to live in. Whereas, you know, some of like I think like a Steve Rogers is looking too much in the past for his morals today. And that is something a lot of people want. Not myself. Not myself. I'm all about what's next. How can we evolve?
0: Yeah, I kind of lean more towards Tony Stark as well, at least like what he evolved into a kind of Andrew Yang type. Let's just get the work done. And even though I would argue right now what America needs is a responsible person who can just comfort the afflicted and help us get through this crisis. I I think the two of them obviously would would handle that in two different and equally beneficial ways. Tony Stark would trust the science and and rush to try to get a cure for COVID. In the meantime Captain America would would just understand what people are going through and And not try to discredit other people, but I think at the end of the day, yeah, I I would vote for a Tony Stark type candidate over a Steve Rogers for the same reason you said, Joven. Like, I think there are too many people who value overvalued the words of dead people in their lives. Not to say, I think it actually helped Biden a lot, uh, what he's learned over the years. But you know, Steve Rogers, I think his big problem in Civil War was that he like trusted the words of a eulogy from Sharon Carter of Mm -hmm. her great aunt Peggy Carter. Yeah. Rather than uh, people who like, Natasha Romanoff who's talking to him right now he trusts the words of some dead person who he didn't you and know need I to this. listen to I'm gonna yeah. throw a little curveball at you and the audience because I-, I want the audience
1: who's listening to this, leave a comment with your answers for this one as well who do you think the VPs would be?
0: oh that's interesting right. I don't think
1: it would be Pepper though I think he'd consider it I think she'd be like no this one's not for me I'll run the company I'm- Bucky VP almost makes sense, but I think he would know it would hurt. Uh, yeah, like I think Steve's... I
0: think Sam Wilson would be chosen as VP by Cap. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: it would. He's got the military experience. He's got like just that story of like you know I I do what's right. This wasn't good for me. I left, and and I think that's a really good VP pick, one hundred percent. But who's got who, who's Tony going to? Ah, Jarvis. No, yeah, Jarvis <laughs> <First> is AI <A-I-V-D>. VP. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Jarvis or Friday or something like that. Or you know what? I could see him taking Banner. I bet Bruce Banner, because I'm trying to think who's an American citizen who'd be eligible. Smart Hulk. I don't think the world would, uh, the US would vote for the Hulk as VP. Maybe <laughs> Professor Hulk. Maybe. Yeah, Professor Hulk, maybe. He's, he's he seems more He might put him on like than... the board of science or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, let us know your thoughts down below in the comments. Uh, who would you vote for first off between the two now that you've heard our political analysis? And who do you think would win? Not just who you would vote for, but who do you think would win in, you know, november 2020 with everything we're dealing with between covid and our recession and the the race you know crisis that we have in this country who, who do you think would would win and who would you prefer to have but uh before joven and i continue with some bite-sized questions i want to thank some friends who helped us make this episode starting with our friends at cores light oh i got, got in the spray there so a lot is going on in the world right now things are stressful sometimes it can feel like everything is just like go 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 reply to this have an opinion on this comment on that and that non-stop hustle can just be pretty draining and that is why when i need to hit reset just like take a break from the world i reach out for the beer that is made to chill Coors Light see at the end of a stressful day of having to be on there is nothing better than kicking back with a nice cold Coors Light and watching some videos on like street Food vendors. No joke, watching a man make crepe after crepe while I sip a delicious adult beverage just truly, that's my happy place. Coors Light is brewed with a three step cold process cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged so that it is actually made to chill, folks. Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978, Coors Light is refreshing and crisp and only 102 calories. That's why Coors Light is the one I choose when I need a moment of chill. So when you want to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can have a Coors Light delivered by going to get.coorslight.com and finding a local delivery option near you. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We want to thank our friends at DoorDash for sponsoring this episode. Speaking of making tough choices between candidates, sometimes you want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone else is craving fro-yo. Well, there is no need to filibuster for wontons because there is something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you are craving right now right to your door. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contact list delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can choose from your favorite national restaurants like Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, or my personal favorite, Chipotle. <laughs> Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. And right now, our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Big Question. That's five dollars off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code. Big question, don't forget, that's code big question for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We also want to thank our friends at Calm. One of the most powerful ways to improve your overall health and happiness is to get a good night's sleep. But if your daily routine has changed, it can be harder to fall asleep and stay asleep. That's why we are so excited to partner with Calm, the app designed to help you ease stress and get the best sleep of your life. Calm has a whole library of programs designed for healthy sleep. Like soundscapes, guided meditations, and sleep stories narrated by soothing voices of Stephen Fry, Kelly Rowland, Laura Dern. Look, folks, if the voice of Dr. Ellie Sattler can soothe the triceratops with a tummy ache, you better believe it helps relax an anxious Eric Voss who also has a tummy ache. Over 85 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and get better sleep. And for listeners of this show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash big question. That's 40% 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library, and new content is added every week. Just get started today at calm.com slash big question. That's calm.com slash big question. All right, we're now gonna move on to a bite-sized question that Joven is gonna answer for us. Are you ready?
1: My turn. Here we go.
0: (laughs) All right, our question comes from Nick J on Discord. They ask, in The Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 7, why does Kuil tell Cara Dune that he worked for the Empire under indentured servitude for, quote, three of your human lifetimes, if the Empire wasn't even around for a single lifetime? What's really interesting about this question
1: is there's a lot of different layers, and I think that's what makes it kind of interesting. Now, he's an Ugnaught, and if memory serves correctly, Ugnaughts live roughly 200 years. So we could be looking at him almost speaking as humans in like dog years almost. But I think what makes the most sense is if Ugnaughts as a species have just always been used as servants. Mm. What we see on Cloud City That's not necessarily just because of the Empire. This is how their species has been living for a very long time. And Mm. to us, watching the narrative of, you know, the Skywalker saga and seeing the Empire rise, at this point in time, because Empire started at 19 BBY. Yes. Mandalorian, I think, uh, is nine years BBY. So we're looking at 27-ish years. So, yes, obviously that's not three lifetimes. When we look at the entire... Skywalker Saga, and the rise and fall of the Empire, that's what we see. We see the Empire be a very different thing than the Jedi Order, but essentially to everyone else in the galaxy, the Republic wasn't always that great. So it's just, it went from the Republic to the Empire, and for a lot of people, it was just a change of name. It wasn't any different.
0: The Republic
1: will be reorganized into Into the the first first
0: Galactic Galactic Empire. Empire!
1: So this character, being an older Ugnaught, he's been in servitude for such a long time that whether it be the Empire or Republic, it's the same thing to him. Yeah. So I think that is what makes the most sense. It's just, you know, same shit, different day. Or in this case, you know, same shit, different name. We can also look at this at, as a, he's kind of a jack of all trades. He's capable of a lot of different tasks, whether it's breaking the things that they were writing uh, or those, the, the, the frog creatures from the Ewok adventure show. What, what are they called oh, yeah
0: oh why, 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 why uh this?
1: so yeah the frog creatures from that he was able to break those he was also able to put a ship back together so this also means that maybe he was under servitude for a lot of different jobs people corporations companies and the last one he was actually in servitude for was the empire yeah. so you know he could just be speaking off the cuff and being like yeah like i was with the empire for three lifetimes and it was just like the last company that he worked for yeah. so depending on what which one of those you want to kind of lean towards obviously it just is it the empire hasn't been that long but he has been in servitude for probably the majority of his life
0: that's kind of the sad reality of it or you know he is just a herder he is a bumpkin like maybe he's just like i've been alive for 180 <laughs> years old man local kook like i've been working for the empire before the empire existed <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just an old cranky man. I have spoken. All right. Thank you for answering that for us, Chauvin. Uh, We have time for one final box of scraps question and staying on the theme of this episode our question is what is the most awkward political conversation you've gotten dragged into i believe the most awkward political
1: conversation is uh you know just any time i've had to talk to a stranger in 2020 no uh (laughs) I, i think it was actually it was awkward and also a little like eye-opening because I was talking to my dad at the start of the COVID process and like he wanted to like hang out or do something. I was like, ooh, no really shouldn't be doing that. And he's like, what? You know, I got the whole like common flu like excuse because, you know, taking what he hears in the news. I was like, no, this is this is how many people died so far, whatever the number was. And he's like, that's less than what would fit in the Coliseum. The Coliseum being a stadium that's out here in LA, which fits uh, a 100,000 people. So it was less than that at the time. And I'm just like... That's still not okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, luckily, though, I was it was a very healthy and progressive conversation that he uh, definitely understood and, and kind of, you know, had a, a wider scope of what was happening in the United States at the time, which, was, you know, I think uh, helped him make healthier lifestyle choices after that moment. So, you know, at the yeah. end, it was good. But that moment, you just kind of like blink twice and you're like,
0: <coughs> uh that's a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and Joven, I think a lot of us can relate. I think we've all had similar conversations and I think it just comes down to it. We all have a bit of magical thinking and we're all pretty optimistic and we want to hope for the best and, you know, try to see the bright side of it and think, oh, this too shall pass. I try to stay a little optimistic, even though I will admit things are getting pretty sticky. It's hard to adjust our thinking and being like, no, this is something we're trying to survive for years, potentially, you know? It's just tough. Yeah. Um, My uh, awkward political I've had you know a ton of awkward political Like every Thanksgiving every time I visited my Family or other family members every Wedding I've been to but I think the First real awkward one I felt So I come from a a family Of mixed political ideologies my dad Is a lifelong Republican well Not the past two election cycles but You know for most of his life he he, He's voted Republican Uh, my mom Has always voted uh, Democrat and then um, There's five kids in our family and we're All kind of split either way but Uh, when I was like I think I was 12 when the 2000 election happened we were in Florida which you know in 2000 uh, Florida was uh, oh yeah uh, that was the an big insane one. swamp it still is every election it's freaking crazy in florida but that's the one where there's a big recal in the in the showdown no, between uh, the Al bush gore versus and, gore and where uh, yeah. the
1: gore inch stole florida
0: yeah i know it was so crazy i went to uh, catholic school and uh you know everyone was talking about most of my friends pretty much all of my friends were were came from bush supporting families and my best friend at the time we were going back from a, a jaguars game and it was the night when secretary of state of the Flor- of florida Catherine harris um announced the state was going to florida or was going to bush after the recount uh, had been stopped by the supreme court and we were listening to it on the radio and my friend's family staunchly conservative are still staunchly conservative uh very very aggressive about it and uh, would always rant about it and my friend's mom was driving the van it was just like i can't believe the democrats have tried to drag this out right, they're trying to steal the election it's just ridiculous they're they're un-american they're trying to steal this election they're they're just sore losers she went down to to palm county to protest holding the signs that had been changed from gore lieberman to sore Loserman, and uh, (laughs) she stood on the freeway uh screaming at people
1: were a lot better than than they are now
0: (laughs) yeah um but then so my buddy knew that my mom was a democrat and he goes mom mom eric's mom voted for gore and literally his mom like slammed on the brakes a little bit <laughs> it was went, like it's just like cause she was driving and as she was like ranting more and more she was going faster and faster and faster and that just like she literally pumped the brakes on her own momentum <laughs> and on the cars momentum we all went Wah! and then i just didn't say anything she goes oh and she looked up at me in the rearview mirror and i never got the most uh, i was never more terrified with the look she gave me <laughs> it's like, but, i'm
1: 12 man i don't understand any of this it,
0: yeah, she got so quiet. And, like, I don't think she she just assumed because, like, yeah. my dad is a conservative. that She just assumed, by, based off of where we went to church, where we went to school, that we were also. And she didn't say a word for the rest yeah. of the 20-minute drive home. And it was so uncomfortable for the yeah. rest of the and, drive.
1: And obviously, we're filming this a few days before people are listening to it. But I think that particular election, that 2000 election, and what happened there in Florida with the Supreme Court and the recount, that's kind of what we'll probably be looking at again this particular election.
0: Yeah, let's hope it doesn't go all the way to the Supreme Court. Hopefully there's uh hopefully our newsrooms around the country can respond. I trust our, our journalists in this country that they can responsibly wait to call it. It, it. Despite what political actors may say, however close it is. I also kind of hope it's not that close and it's a blowout on the we'll other see. side yeah. so that we can just have an answer as soon as possible and then all kind of move on and heal. Yeah, because especially
1: when uh, I was reading that uh, California, which is fantastic, we had record votes cast like beforehand. But also, like, when you read that, you're like, all right, great. Well, California's not where we need the record voters. We kind of need it, like, scattered throughout the rest of America. So I, right. I, I hope that we are seeing the same kind of turnouts uh, across the yeah. way. But that's also really good for local government. So I, right. I hope that turns people in the right direction.
0: Hey, and uh, good point, Jovan. because as we wrap up this episode, one final reminder that if you have not already, get out and vote right now. There is still time, and not just in this election, every election, because believe it or not, state and local elections are Far more impactful on your life and what you have to live and deal with and what opportunities you get than whoever is in the White House. Mm -hmm. Yes, the president is important, but your mayor is far more important to your quality of life than whoever's in that White House.
1: And your vote for a mayor could one day put that person in a run for a presidency, especially with how, how we look at our politicians and their history of what they've accomplished in their life, so yeah, who knows? The person that you're voting for today could be a president in 16 years.
0: Absolutely, and so whatever happens this week between now and 2024, there is going to be a ton of opportunities to vote for for local elections, for your governor, for a senator, your House representative. uh Everything, all these things are important, and all these things are far more capable of affecting your day to day life, improving your community, shaping your community the way you want it to be. 2020 is really just the beginning of. The rest of your way to be involved in your civic life. So please let this be an opportunity to make yourself more uh civically engaged and active in uh and being a part out of your public life. But thank you so much, Joven, for joining me this episode. This has been such an interesting conversation and I've right? loved every minute of it.
1: Again, it's very eye-opening because we look at the Captain America versus Iron Man as like, all right, a political uh, shift of what could happen, and then, like, that's the first time I saw myself like, oh, I would probably vote red in this. So, thank you for having me on. It's yeah. been a little eye opening yeah. for myself as well.
0: Yeah, follow Joven at the Jovenshire. You can follow me at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstars. Send us your big questions using the hashtag #BigQuestions. Subscribe to this podcast feed. Give us a nice rating and review. And subscribe to New Rockstars here on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. It's been so lovely to be with you. See you next time, assuming we still have a country. Woo-hoo! <laughs>